0: (laughs) Hello and welcome to the The Sam D Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Duzumay Jr. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube at The Sam D, that's T-H-E-E-S-A-M-D. For all content, audio, and visual, hit up TheSamD.com. Follow along with the podcast on social media at podcast. Musical production done by May 1st Music. Support him at SoundCloud.com slash May 1st Music. I want to get into full transparency mode out the gate, right? Like, I'm very you know, open and honest with y'all. And I have been the entirety of this uh, journey that we've taken together with this podcast. But I just want to make sure y'all understand one thing loud and clear. This is my voice. <laughs> when I bring on guests, it's not some CGI audibly enhanced auto tune. <laughs> it ain't. I bring on real people. To be a guest on this podcast, this is my voice in real time. No added effects, no filters. So just for transparency's sake, I am not one of these other podcasts that are out here bringing on fake guests or catfish guests and using that for clout and popularity. So just so we're clear, this is me. This is my voice. Oh, we are definitely going to talk about that story. We're not going to lead with that, but we are definitely going to talk about... That Laker, Twitter, Photoshop, missing woman, maybe a man behind another man or maybe a man. we'll get there. It's a lot of layers to it. I need time to really lay that all out for y'all. We will get there. Off top, though. Let's say you're a NFL fan, right? Let's say you're an NFL fan and you're hearing about this new exciting league that's going to. Come into play. And it's not an XFL thing. It's not an AAFL thing. It's like a legitimate league of like NFL talent. But let's say... The only teams in that league... Are... The Cowboys... The Giants... The Rams... The Patriots... The 49ers... The Bears... Even the Jets... And maybe even the Washington football team, because we're just going off of the most value, popularity, so on and so forth. Right. Or if you're into baseball, let's say there's a new league and that league is essentially the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Cubs, the Giants, you know, the most viable of teams. You could throw the Mets in there if you want. Or if you're an NBA person. There's a new basketball league. It's not the big three. It's not a G League. It's a new basketball league. But that league is made up of the Knicks, the Warriors, Lakers, Bulls, Celtics, Old English font, the Nets, you know, the most valuable of teams, the most popular, profitable teams. How would you feel about that league? Would you be hyped? Would you be excited? Would you view it as a cash grab? Because that's exactly what happened in soccer this week for like a day and a half. (laughs) Oh, soccer. Um, And for those of you who don't know me that well, this might be your first time even knowing that I'm aware of soccer. And yes, I am a soccer fan. Do I have an allegiance to a team? No, Um, I've played soccer played soccer in high school intramurals Uh, but I was nice in intramurals and I got a trophy for being nice in soccer in intramurals but my main thing my main connection to watching soccer was obviously growing up in Southside um, going around to different parks seeing you know Caribbean kids and Caribbean uh, young athletes I guess playing the game in various parks while we were playing basketball you know we would be hooping at one park, or one part of the park, and then when we were done, we are walking through, we would see them, you know, going in, playing soccer on their part of the park. So, sometimes there'll be some overlap, things like that, but soccer's always been dope to me because I just love sports, as I've kind of have tried to insinuate with this new transition to the podcast, like, I pretty much have knowledge of all sports. Sometimes it's a little weird, Sometimes I know stuff I should not know. I should not know certain rules about lacrosse, but this is what this is how my brain works, right? So, soccer is a thing. FIFA, the video game, only expanded that right to like a higher level. So, soccer is a thing. I do not root for a team. I basically I'm like the ISA. I'm like the ISA Jif. I root for. I'm here to root for everybody black. That's kind of <laughs> if you nice and you black, I'm probably gonna follow you. If you're nice. With the ball handling skills, if you're nice with the dribbling, you know, my only football kit that I have is a... Oh, that's a soccer jersey if I don't... Yeah, so I may get into my bag a little bit. My only football kit that I have that I ever bought uh, is a Ronaldinho jersey, Brazil. And, um you know, I rock that shit a lot. You know what? Football kits in Vegas... You can really um, <laughs> you will make a lot of friends. You will make a lot of friends, and depending on the kit, sometimes you'll make some enemies too. But Brazil is widely accepted on many levels. So yeah, that that Ronaldinho jersey did me a lot of yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's a that's a yeah. Those are stories for another version of the pod. Um, but yes. So imagine if NFL. MLB or NBA dare to just take the most profitable teams or the most popular teams and decided to say, fuck everybody else. We know we're the cream of the crop. We're going to move and do our own thing. We're tired of revenue sharing with the dregs of our leagues. We're tired of, you know, having to share the bread. We make the lion's share of the money. We're the reason The TV rates are what they are, the broadcasting fees and things of that nature, the revenue sales in terms of kit sales and things like that. We are the reason. We don't want to share with these lesser teams, these smaller teams that get to eat off the backs of our popularity. Imagine if the NBA, MLB or NFL, if those owners decided to band together and go do that. That's essentially what happened. You have Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Tottenham, Inter, Juventus, Milan, Atletico Madrid, Barca, Real, Real Madrid. Those teams that are primarily the most popular in their region. This is Spain, Italy and England. Those are the three top leagues. They were trying to get over to the German leagues. They were trying to get... Uh, Munich and, and Dortmund but they 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 ain't fuck with it they <laughs> they 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 ain't fuck with it because they were waiting for the for the for the feedback from the fans and because of the feedback from the fans everybody's running away from this now because this thing was supposed to be basically they were usurping UEFA They be getting out of the control of FIFA they wanted to break free have their own league They control everything. There's no relegation, which I feel is the best thing ever created in all the sports. If you remember during the pandemic, I had those pandemic um, podcast episodes and I wanted to create the perfect league. You know, take the no salary cap of MLB and merge it with the rules of this and whatever, whatever. But I said in terms of standings and playoffs and ensuring that teams go hard, I wanted relegation for my perfect league. But these teams, they are done. They are tired. They are frustrated with dealing with relegation because it is a constant pressure. If you're man, you and you have a down year and you miss Champions League and you're stuck doing the fucking Europa League or the FA Cup or some bullshit like that, like you're not getting the bread that you're expected to. You're expected to be Champions League every year. You're expected to be in all the top competitions every single year. They're tired of that because they're man you and they have money they need to make and they want to maximize all the money that they can. So let's go create this new league where we can reap all the benefits, get all the money. And we never have to worry about relegation again. We never have to worry about a Leicester City coming up out of nowhere with what, like four, 300 to one odds to win the Premier League a couple of years ago. Like We don't have to worry about no upstarts coming up and knocking us off our post as top dog. And we can just keep making this money. The whole thing was a savage money play. It much like we had the money play here where we have sports ongoing throughout this pandemic with no real end in sight. Some teams are vaccinated, some teams are not. Jason Tatum's out here taking an inhaler before games. Miles Garrett was a shell of his former self. Cam Newton looked washed. Baseball players were out partying, getting caught with the Rona. One player, Juan Soto, didn't play the whole year because of being exposed to COVID. No one's talking about it. So the same savage money play that's happening here in the States was attempted overseas. And you know what the hell happened? The fans said, fuck you. And you know also what happened? The teams listened. Can you imagine if that happened here? Could U.S. fans band together like how soccer fans did? Could football fans band together? Football teams have moved. The Ravens snuck out in the middle of the night to go to Baltimore. The Colts. Snuck out to get out of Baltimore to go to Indianapolis. The Rams dipped on St. Louis. The Raiders have dipped on Oakland two, three times in my existence. They dipped on L.A. Could U.S. fans band together and have the same type of impact. That English, Italian and Spanish fans had. Across the pond. This is a huge story. Like, this isn't LeVar Ball trying to start all his own league. Like I said, this isn't the XFL or the AAFL. Like, this was top-notch established teams all deciding, yo, we out. We got billions on the table. Like, they literally had billions on the table that they were going to get guaranteed if they were able to successfully start this Euro- Europe Super League. Because again, the TV rights that they have across the pond are not the same here. You would think because soccer, by geography, by just dense density and population, is the world's most popular game. So you would think that their TV contracts would like usurp the NFL's. It doesn't. It doesn't usurp the NBA's. It doesn't usurp MLB's. I don't even know if it's a better deal than what the NHL has. So they're trying to get into the game. They're trying to get into the streaming game. They're trying to get into the TV broadcast rights game. They're trying to get those billions, like the NFL is out here getting $100 billion, And allegedly the NBA is on the version maybe getting 75000000000 billion. They're trying to get into that game. So how do they do that? Well, wouldn't you know it? They have three. American owners or co-chairs that are now in the mix in terms of owning soccer teams. You have the Glazers who were running Man U. John Henry, the dude who has the Red Sox. He's the owner of Liverpool. And they have the Cronkies who are running Arsenal. So you know, they know what's going on here in the States in terms of NFL and MLB. They're trying to keep that same energy now and trying to flip Soccer, much like how things are here. But the fans in Europe said, go fuck yourself. I'm not sure we we could pull that off here. I'm not sure we could pull that off here. 12 of the teams, 12 of the biggest teams in the world said we out. All the fans primarily said, no, the fuck you not. You're not going to ruin our game. Now, look, the Premier League itself. That's the most valued league in terms of London. In terms of England, excuse me. That's that league is relatively new in comparison to the totality of how long soccer has been played. So the Premier League itself was founded in a very similar way. But it's been existing for so long that it's kind of just been grandfathered in like, I, right, this is just what it is. So this they were trying to do the same thing again, essentially, with this Super League, with these 12 teams. And they were including Spain and Italy in it. And they were trying to lure Germany in the mix as well. And I believe they were trying to get PSG over in Paris as well. So this was going to be humongous if they could have got this off. But because of what the fans did, because of what the, the overwhelming backlash against it, out of the original 12 teams, as I'm recording this, over half have already pulled out. Like this was a literally announced, I heard about this like Sunday. I'm not sure when the first official press release came out about this formation of the Super League, but it can have been no earlier than last week, Friday. So I heard about this like Saturday into Sunday. So Monday, it became a thing because now you had all the sports shows that could talk about it. And it wasn't really covered a lot here in the States. It was more so overseas. So it started making waves overseas, started to become a thing overseas. Then it trickled over to the few soccer fans that are locked in over here. And within a day, a day, those teams pulled out. Arsenal's already out. Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, Man U, Tottenham, Inter Milan, out. Atletico Madrid, out. As of right now, Juventus, Milan, Barca, and Real are still in it. But for how much longer can they pull this off? They can't do it with four teams. Maybe they're trying to go, trying to grab some other teams. But those, the initial 12... Were the ones, so whoever they bring in now, it's not going to hit the same. The popularity, the fan bases aren't going to be the same. The TV ratings—I mean, you can't really sell a league to a national, broad audience, in my opinion. That just has Barca, Real, Milan, Juventus. You can, that that can't be a big four. That's not enough. Not for an American audience. Nope. That that that's not enough. But again, my main question. Could we pull this off here? Could the MLB, NFL, or NBA pull this off and succeed? Would fan backlash even matter? Because you know who started this. It was three Americans who kind of pushed this forward overseas. And they learned a lesson. But could somebody, could Jerry Jones have those types of balls? We know he got balls. And we know he's savvy. Can he get that off? Instead of trying to have these lesser leagues that all crash and burn, just say, yo, Roger Goodell, it was nice. It was cool. We don't want to deal with this. Like the whole the whole narrative. Craft the same narrative. They don't want to deal with the kneeling nonsense. They don't have to deal with the players coalition and having to give all this money to undeserved community. We don't want to deal with all that. We just want to go and just keep cashing out. You know what? We're going to form our own league. In a league with the Cowboys, the Patriots, the Giants, the Rams, the Niners, the Jets, the Bears, the Washington football team. You could throw in the Eagles. Like those are the most valuable teams in terms of bread, in terms of billions. If they all decided to leave, what's the NFL going to do? Seriously, what can the NFL do? How could they survive? This is a dangerous precedent. That's why I was, you know, in the group chats. I was trying to let people know, like, what's going on. But the homies, they're not really, you know what I'm saying? They're not really on that type of time when it comes to soccer. But I'm like, yo, this ain't even really, yes, it's soccer, obviously. But this is setting a precedent that could happen anywhere. (laughs) Dangerous game, bruh. Dangerous games. Moving on. So, Jimmy... Oh, man, Jimmy. It, it, it didn't take that long. <laughs> it didn't take that long. So, Jimmy is up to his old tricks again. Jimmy is doing his uh, warrior general bootleg meniscus tearing taskmaster Tom Thibodeau act in Miami. And he's doing it to arguably the best player on the team. And that includes Jimmy Buckets. He's doing this to Bam Adebayo. He is imploring Bam Adebayo. He is calling out Bam Adebayo publicly to shoot the rock more inside. Bang in the paint more. Dunk on everybody. That was, I'm paraphrasing. That's more or less the... The type of time that Jimmy was on when it comes to Bam Adebayo. So, look, man, Jimmy's done this before. He tried to do this in Philly a little bit, and it worked. He was able to galvanize and um, implore Embiid and Simmons to be more than what they were at the time. And it worked. He tried to do it in Minnesota in many different ways, and it didn't work. And he learned all of that from the meniscus tearing taskmaster, Tom Thibodeau, when he was in Chicago. So now he goes down to the heat and it seems to be a perfect marriage because it's that heat culture thing that always gets talked about. Married to the meniscus tearing taskmaster, uh, Tom Thibodeau's grind at all costs, 48 minutes a night, never rest type of attitude. So it seems to be a perfect marriage with Jimmy and the heat. And they got all the way to the NBA Finals. They snuck up on a lot of teams. They got a lot of favorable matchups on the way to the Finals. And they even won one game too many for my FanDuel account last year in the Finals. But Jimmy grinds on people, man. Like, that that attitude, that mentality, it grinds on people. So, he wants Bam to shoot more. He wants Bam to shoot more on, on the inside. So... I'm not here to say Jimmy's wrong. I'm just here to say I'm going to give you some numbers and you tell me, is this just Jimmy being Jimmy or does he have a valid point? So, Bam Adebayo, this year, at the rim, he's shooting 78%. At the rim. So, literally at the rim. From 3 feet to 10 feet, he's shooting 47%. From 10 feet to 16 feet... 47 percent 16 feet to three point to just below three point so top of the key 36 percent all those numbers are up from last year all of them all of them all those percentages i read 78 47 47 36 were all significantly lower last year but here comes jimmy with that meniscus tearing taskmaster Tom Thibodeau mentality, married with heat culture, telling Bam Adebayo to do more. You know, as much as he likes to clown media, he's sounding like Shaq right now. Shaq sits up there and tells every big man, get seven a quarter, 28 a night, should be easy. Right, when you're hundred and fifty 350 pounds, (laughs) you could do that. But these other dudes can't do that because they're not seven two three fifty. with great footwork. They can't do that. So Jimmy's out here telling Bam, yo, just go dunk on everybody. And you know why Jimmy's saying that? Because if Jimmy Butler was 6'9", 6, 6'10", 6, like Bam Adebayo, he would probably be doing that. Because <laughs> that's the type of player he is. If he could dunk on everybody, that's what he would be doing. He would be bully bowling everybody. But he's only six 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 seven, so he has to be crafty. He can't dunk on everybody. He has to will himself. He has to push himself more because he has to work harder to get his buckets. Whereas he's looking at Bam Adebayo, you're gifted. You're 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, crazy wingspan, good feet, good footwork. Great hands, shooting touch, skills around the rim. It should be easy. But it's not. It's <laughs> not. so i don't know man he got a lot of issues you got jimmy calling out bam you have the organization there was a report that came out that the organization is is not understanding not knowing how to cope how to deal with tally hero and tally hero man look i was asking these questions last year (laughs) everyone went crazy everyone was bugging out you know the snarl and all of that and you know, he was playing a lot of minutes and he was hitting some some big shots and big moments. And then everyone just propelled him like, OK, he's the next one. I'm like, wait, 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 what? Hold on. Tally, Hero's the next one. And damn sure the Heat believed it. I mean, damn sure. I mean, when you turn down trades. Potential trades for the beard. Giannis. You know, what I'm saying even to a lesser extent, Cal Lowry. When you turn down those trades because you don't want to part. With Tyler Hero, then yeah, you believe he's one of those ones. And off last year, where he really came on in the playoffs, but essentially last year, he gave you 13 and a half, a couple dimes, about four boards. And more importantly, the shooting, he gave you about 38, 39% from three. This year, he's giving you 15, three dimes, about five rebounds, but he's shooting 33% from three 39 last year, 33 this year. That's a huge dip, but you know what hasn't dipped those three point attempts. (laughs) He's still putting them up. And the thing about it is if you, if you watch the heat games, he misses open ones. Like it's not even like he's putting up tough threes and he's just, they're just not falling. It's not. He's missing wide open threes. That's what's hurting him. And, you know, you have to talk about the girlfriend, right? She's pregnant. She's out on IG. She's doing photo shoots at the Miami Heat Arena in the parking lot, I believe. She's in the mix. She's getting all the clout. And, you know, she's rubbing it in Kyle Kuzma's face every time she posts on IG. So Tally Hero's got a lot of things going on. I think he has a cereal. Like, imagine One Year Wonder, Tally Hero, off the snarl, got his own cereal. I mean, you tell me what that's about. I know what that's about. You see, Bam no got no cereal out there. Who deserves a cereal? Bam or Tali Hero? Anywho, the Heat got some work to do. Seven seed right now, playing game, the Heat, the team that went to the finals, the team that everyone, you know, they when they got Oladipo, and it was like, oh, that's a stealth move, and da 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 And I was just like, I mean, okay. And then what? Oladipo went out there and got hurt again. And that's why they gave up so little to get him in the first place. So Houston just pawned off damaged goods to the heat and the heat culture thing. People got gassed up off that. And then the heat culture immediately disrupted whatever old Depot was trying to rehab. And now he's out. <laughs> but Heat culture though. Speaking of the heat, let's get into team ownership. Let's get into the whole D Wade buys as a team. There was a couple of athletes, uh, who bought ownership stakes into teams, or it was announced that they bought ownership stakes into teams this week? So you have, well, in two varying different situations to me. Like one was like really on point, on the bar. It fits this person's attitude, credo, lifestyle, everything else. Another one just seemed like a power play, and kind of like a revenge thing. So I'll start with the one that I think is genuine. Marshawn Lynch beast mode he bought a what kind of team is this let me see oh he bought a soccer club in Oakland right town business the USL he bought a USL team that is in Oakland and Marshawn Lynch bought him because that's what Marshawn Lynch does he puts on for the town so that makes sense it fits him. It's still a low-profile thing, but it's a thing that embraces the community, brings money into the community, and that's what Beast Mode is all about, putting on for the for the home team. So, that made sense, and I love the fact that players are taking their, or as Marshawn, players are taking their chicken, and Africans are doing what they're supposed to do with their chicken. So, I love that. D-Wade, though, bought a, a minority stake. In the Utah Jazz. And that's weird to me. Especially when the heat come out. <laughs> it's been a rough week in change. So they had Jimmy going at Bam publicly. You had the whole report that they don't know what to do with Tali Hero and his pregnant girlfriend that's posting IG pics from the parking lot. And now they have D-Wade, their franchise's most important player. Running to the Utah Jazz of all teams, all franchises, all organizations, and getting an ownership stake. So the, the Miami Heat had to come out there and appease their fan base and say, yo, look, we offered D. Wade a part of the team. He turned it down. He said it wasn't ready yet. So they had to get out in front of this early as soon as that Wade stuff dropped. They had to come out there and cop the please quick because, you know, the the Heat fan base. I mean, Wade is basketball in Miami. He's basketball in Florida, so you know, to have him run off to the Utah Jazz of all teams to get a piece of that team, the fan, the the Heat fan base is definitely gonna be like, yo, dogs, what's good? He's supposed to be a Heat lifer. That's part of that Heat culture thing they and they emphasize. Heat lifers. We can see Alonzo Mourning still around the team, Shane Battier around the team, Udonis Haslam is still on this roster for some god awful reason, but respect the UD, but. He's, a, he's not playing, but he's on the roster. So that heat lifer thing, they they sell that to people. And here's your heat lifer. D Wade, the most important franchise player ever. And he's running off to the Utah Jazz to get a piece of a squad. And the notion is that with Miami, it's run by one family, the Arisons, and they're not really trying to give up control. It's a family business and they really not trying to have anyone else get a piece of the family business. So what's Wade supposed to do? He's got income. He's man's with LeBron. And you know what? Bron is out here moving. Got a piece of the Red Sox. Got a piece of one of the soccer teams. I don't know if it's Liverpool or Arsenal. I think I think it's Liverpool. I'm not sure. But, you know, he sees what Bron is doing. So Wade's trying to get in the game. How do I get a piece of a team? I'm retired. I got no allegiance. How can I get a piece of a team? So he go gets a piece of Utah and apparently the new ownership group for Utah isn't your prototypical Utah owner. If you could read between the lines, not in regards to looks, but in regards to mentality. So D Wade is getting on board and allegedly the, the deal is that he'll have some majority say over player development. Uh, free agents, this, that, and other. Because, again, when's the last time a big-time free agent went to Utah? And that's the kind of thing where, look, man, let's let's just call it what it is. Black players are not trying to go to Utah. Look at the black players who have flourished there. Call them alone. Do I need to say more? So, is there is there any way that D-Wade can convince a black free agent to take the Utah Jazz money. Because they've never had to do it. Players get traded there and they might re-up. Like Mike Conley re-upped. He got, he got the bread. From, the, from the, uh, the Grizzlies. And they had to just carry that contract over. If it's not Carl Malone. I think the only other person I remember. Was it Boozer? He was drafted by Cleveland. Right? Drafted by Cleveland. Then he went to Utah. Or do I have that backwards? I can't think of any prominent black free agent that's willingly gone to Utah. So D-Wade, I'm assuming because of his allegiance now or his affiliation now with the franchise, that might implore players to actually listen or maybe give Utah a chance. I still don't think so, because when you land in Salt Lake, you're still in Utah, bro. (laughs) D-Wade's not going to be there, you know. Every day while you're there playing for the jazz, like he's gonna be with Gabby chilling somewhere else. So I I understand from a PR perspective, I understand from an optist perspective why you go get D-Wade to come in. But if you think this begins to open up the floodgates of black players going to Utah, you got another thing coming. Did you hear Zion? <laughs> oh Zion Zion's good man Zion saw them pepper rallies I'm telling you I'm convinced Zion has seen the pep rallies and he's like I want some of that pep rallies is essentially Mardi Gras for a couple of days in New Orleans but you, you come up here to the Mecca 41 home games you're getting 41 pep rallies Zion is no fool no fool he wants to be on 8th Ave he wants to be with the people he wants to be a New York Nick, just like LeBron did, just like Kobe did, just like Jordan did. <laughs> I couldn't even, I couldn't even finish that. You <laughs> know, laughing. Oh, I love when NBA players do this. I love it. I love it. I love when NBA players come here and gas up the fan base. And it has nothing to do with being a Nick. You've never heard Kobe, LeBron, Jordan, and now Zion. I guess Adam Silver thing has worked to where we now had that trajectory. Now we go from Jordan to Kobe to LeBron to now Zion. You have never heard a player of that magnitude say, I would love. To come play for the Knicks. It's always, I would love to come play in the garden. But Knicks tape, Knicks fans are so desperate. They just take that to mean they want to be a Knick. (laughs) It's the same old trick every time the media comes in, they lob up these questions Hey, so what do you think of... Because I've been there. I've been in the press rooms. I've been in the locker rooms. You hear the questions. You get like, yo, dog, what is he supposed to say? What is Zion supposed to say? Nah, I really fucked this place. This place is a dump. What the fuck is that Chase Bridge up there? Like, what the fuck? I don't understand. Can somebody fall from that bridge? Why is there a bridge over a court? That seems dangerous. Like, if Zion actually gave it up like that, I would be more pro-Zion. But what is he supposed to say in that spot? As the forced future face of the league. What is he supposed to say about the alleged world's most famous arena? You know, they come in, they, they lob up these softball questions. And then when the player gives the most generic, you know, appeasing answer, they take it and they run with it. The fan bases start to feed. Now the, the whole thing of Zion in Nick in a Knicks Jersey, that Photoshop has now come back to life. But Knicks fans, let me just put some salt in the wound. Let me just let me just help y'all out a little bit because I am Chief Nick Hater number one. Zion can't go anywhere for at least another six years. At least six more years. He can't go nowhere. We know he's going to re-up. We know he's going to re-up off the rookie deal because you have to. It makes no sense not to re-up off the rookie deal. That's how the rookie wage scale works. So after he gets his extension... Then when he becomes a true free agent, like year seven, year eight, depending on the structure, then he could become a free agent. So you got at least another six years minimum, maybe five, but most likely six more years before Zion could go anywhere. But here y'all are taking those quotes. Zion said he loves playing in the garden. Well, if you love playing in the garden so much, you could play here 41 times if you become a Nick. Yeah, I don't love the building that much, bro. (laughs) <laughs> that is essentially what LeBron did to him. I remember when I was doing my old radio show, like I had the sound drop. LeBron, every time he they came to play the Knicks, he would just basically love up New York, just the city itself. Love up playing in the garden because I mean, you know, it's built as the world's most famous arena. And then he would always make sure to talk about how knowledgeable New York basketball fans are. And oh my God, the way that Knicks fans would take that and run with it. Like, see, he knows. What was the drop I used to have? Much respect to the Knicks fans. That was the LeBron drop that I would play on my old radio show is much respect to the Knicks fans. And he even said, I believe the other drop was, you have to stay open-minded. If you're a Knicks fan. So LeBron went the most, he went the most furthest in gassing up Knicks fans. Kobe used to come here and talk about loving to play in the garden and New York fans are knowledgeable. He would give that type of rhetoric to Jordan. If you believe what the New York media has been talking about behind the scenes for decades, allegedly almost became a Nick, almost forced his way out of Chicago behind the scenes one particular summer. It's all alleged, no real facts behind it. But that's like a New York urban legend in the media game. But now you have Zion out here. And he's kind of taking what Kobe would say. And he's giving you a little bit more closer to what LeBron says. And Nick fans are all right there just waiting for it. Right there eating it up. Buffet It's open. Give it to me. Imagine that prep rally, though. I mean, you see how big Zion is now. Zion, come over here. 41 Pep Rallies. Sabreros. TGI Fridays. The Halal Street Carts. You think Zion's ever had Halal? Man, if he goes to the Halal King? Mmm. Oh, Falafel King. Ooh, he go to Falafel King, though? Yikes. Papayas? Oof. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Zion might be the only one. He might be he might be what Shaq wants him to be. He might be six six three twenty. A couple more things before I get up out of here and make sure you hit up that voicemail 347-871-1044. Again that number 347-871-1044 to contribute leave your thoughts on the podcast. Um Yeah, again, it's not. I don't pick up those calls, bro. it's strictly just for a voicemail. So if you're hitting me to talk to me, you don't leave a voicemail. It kind of defeats the purpose. But uh, anyway, shout out to those who have dialed the number. I have the call logs. But yeah, just the job is to leave the voicemail. So, yeah, please do that. So the boy genius uh, turned down Indiana University, offered him seven years and 70 million allegedly. Before Indiana, you know, went on and hired Mike Woodson, they tried to lure the boy genius back to Indiana, the state where he got. I think that's where he's from. And obviously he uh, took Butler to amazing things that they have never uh, seen before nor since. But yeah, the boy genius turned down 70 million, 10 million a year. That's more than Calipari. That's more than Jay Wright. That's more than Coach K. So he would have went back to the college ranks and been the highest paid dude. Now, here's the deal. <laughs> so with the Celtics being the sixth seed, I'm just going to ask this question. I know Jason Tatum is a great player. Jalen Brown, <clears throat> excuse me, is a great player. And I have um, champion Jalen Brown being the number one option over Jason Tatum. But Jason Tatum, as I said earlier, is out here taking inhalers before every game. What is a long-term success for the Celtics, like, what's the long term goal? Are they just gonna ride this whole Tatum and Brown thing out as far as they can go? And low key, haven't they done that already? I mean, they've been to the Eastern Conference Finals three out of the last four years, and that's basically the lifespan of Tatum and Brown. How much better are they supposed to get? They tried Kemba, didn't work. They tried Gordon Hayward, didn't work. Scamadom Dea allegedly, if you let him tell it, was in on Anthony Davis, was in on Kevin Durant, was in on James Harden, was in on PG, was in on PG uh, on Kawhi, but he's got nothing. He's got nothing to show for it. So, if you're the boy genius, why the hell would you stay? Do you just not want to deal with college athletics? Do you not want to deal with the shamaturism that is the NCAA? Or do you realize, like I've been saying on this pod, that college basketball will not be what it is now, three, four years from now? The age limit is going to go away. These semi pro leagues. Are going to continue popping up, luring prospects to just go get a bag right out of high school and wait that year. If the age limit somehow for some crazy reason doesn't go away. College basketball is not going to be the outlet it once was. So if you're already at the top of your profession. Can't get any higher than an NBA head coach. If your goal is to be a basketball head coach, there's nowhere else to go once you're in the NBA. Why go back to a second tier league? A second tier league where you have to do more work than you have to at the top league. Because you got to do recruiting. You got to meet with boosters. You got to meet with administration. You got to do all that type of shit. SIDs, You got to do all that type of stuff if you're a college coach, even if you're one that's highly regarded as the boy genius would be if he went back to college. You would still have to do all that type of stuff. Or you could to stay in Boston, where you're always going to get the benefit of the doubt because of how you look and because of your resume and because your GM is a scammer and a scammer Demdea who openly tries to trade injured players. And teams are always afraid when they get a Celtic from the scammer Demdea that their body's going to fall down and go boom like Oladipo in Miami. So even though $10 million a year would have made him the highest paid college coach, give him more money than Calipari, Coach K, and Jay Wright, it wouldn't have made any sense for the boy Genius to leave. He's at the highest level. He's got a Kush gig with a Kush fan base that loves him because of how he looks. There's absolutely no reason for him to leave. $10 is not enough. You're going to have to overpay him crazy. Ten, va- 10 mil was probably his real street value. If he was to go back to any college and coach. 10 mil is probably the, the minimum, I would think. You're going to have to like blow him out the water like how the Knicks had to do when he got Phil Jackson to come through. You're going to have to overpay him by a lot. You're going to have to incentivize him to leave monetarily. So if 10 mil ain't going to get it done... That really means you got to, to give him about 13, 13, 14, maybe even 15. And who's going to do that for the boy genius? He did it. He was able to craft and mold NBA talent at Butler of all places. You're saying he's going to do that again, especially in a market in a time where top tier NBA level talent isn't necessarily always going to college route. I don't blame the boy genius. That's that's just one of the few times where I understand and co-sign the boy genius. Okay, you've waited long enough, and I have waited long enough. This Laker podcast Twitter shit, bruh. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, so let me see if I can run this down. I'm going to do a lot of this from memory. There's been a lot of layers to this, but the, the funny shit is... There's a popular Laker podcast done by a fan um, on the surface. She appears to be a woman. And there's is this is to do with a blue check boy. I don't know if he's a blue check boy, but he certainly looks the part of a blue check boy. He's been having her on his podcast to get like a Laker. I guess he uses her. As a insider or a analyst or whatever to break down Laker stuff, right? So this guy who fashions himself like a blue check boy has a female, has a woman Laker fan come on and kind of give her perspective because she has a hugely popular Laker podcast of her own right. Got it. Okay, so come to find out this woman went missing, allegedly. And the blue check boy or the dude who fashions himself to be a blue check boy went and spread the word like, yo, this is tragic. She's gone missing. Yada, yada, yada. The Lakers recognize her as a legit Laker fan and uh, wanted to help out in any way, shape or form. So they reached out to the alleged fake moving like a blue check boy, dude. And. It starts to go viral. Everyone's looking for this one Laker fan who has a podcast that is a big deal. Meanwhile, (laughs) a dude has been trying to holler at this Laker fan uh, for a minute, a couple of months, actually. And he finally got fed up and thinks and suspects that this woman has been catfishing him. So then he airs out. Oh, let me double back. See, there's, there's a lot of layers here. So the woman eventually gets found, right? And the dude that portrays himself to be a blue chick boy puts it out there. Everyone's like, wow, that was quick. because It was like 15 hours or so. 15 hours, the woman's found. So the dude that's been trying to holler at her, though, is like, yo, this seems sus. I've been trying to holler at Shorty for a minute. He felt he was getting somewhere. Cause there was tweets. He's now deleted those tweets. But there was tweets that he was like, oh shit, I'm getting the baddest girl of my dreams. And she's a Laker fan. And da da da. da. He was really buying into the whole thing. Come to find out, he was being catfished. He tried to FaceTime. Couldn't get the FaceTime popping off. If that happens once, alright, you let it go. But then if that keeps happening, she hit him with some line about how... she has scarring or something and she doesn't want to be on FaceTime. Meanwhile, there's pics of her at Laker games all over her social media accounts. So she has no problem putting herself on camera for pictures. Now again, all this is alleged what we're building here. (laughs) She has no problem doing that, but for some reason she can't get on FaceTime. So the dude says, yo, he's being catfished. So now that he's saying he's being catfished by this woman, now people start to question everything that surrounds this woman people start digging through ig accounts old media that still was posted on her twitter account all this type of stuff and you kind of find out everything is Photoshop. she took a picture from a filipina woman playing basketball or filipina girl playing basketball and put her face on top of her <laughs> she took a picture of a model and put it on her face to pretend like she was at Laker games. Um, it, it, it got bad. It got bad. So this woman doesn't clearly appear to be a woman. Fast forward. So now the dude that's moving like a blue check boy, everyone's coming to him like, yo, man's over here saying this woman doesn't even exist. Like that's a catfish. If she is a catfish, then who is she to you and how are you having someone on your pod? That's a catfish. Oh boy. <laughs> so then people start going through the archives. <laughs> people start going through the archives of this dude's podcast when he has this alleged woman on his podcast. And, um, yeah. As someone who has worked in radio, has dealt with audio and the manipulation of audio at times for over a decade, yeah, that ain't a woman, bro. (laughs) That ain't a woman. You can manipulate audio. You can manipulate sounds. You can put FX. You can pitch up or pitch down. You can do any types of stuff to manipulate audio, right? So... There was a couple of clips in particular where you can hear the laughter get cut. So he's talking, the alleged fake moving like a blue check boy. He's talking. And then the guest who is supposed to be this woman is talking over him. And then there's no like cohesive flow to the conversation. Like it's a clear overlap. Like when you're stacking stuff, like when you're stacking vocals or whatever, like it's a clear disconnected flow of the conversation. And then there's a laugh point that clearly gets clipped like mid laugh. And it's because it's a fake laugh. (laughs) So an audio engineer, I mean, this shit went crazy, man. And the, the thing is, we didn't even get to KD. KD is wrapped up in, we ain't even get the KD yet. So, an audio engineer took a clip of the podcast and pitched the voice down. So, if this was a non-woman voice to begin with and was pitched up to make it sound like a woman, the audio engineer reversed that pitched it down to make the voice go back to its alleged, all this is alleged still, alleged normal state. And it sounded like an Australian dude or some dude with some sort of heavy, definitely overseas somewhere accent. Like it sounded like a genuine man. I don't know what to make of this. I don't know what to make of this. So this dude now is getting called out for having a podcast featuring himself. (laughs) having a podcast where he has himself as a guest or some other person impersonating a woman. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's amazing. He's copping all the police, all the police, all of them. He's running around trying to pull up screen grabs from text message conversations. He's trying to do the full court press of protecting himself and removing himself from all this madness revolving this Vivian account so people were up in arms right let's let let's finally get the KD let's finally get the KD so the dude who got catfished that kind of broke the whole thing right he goes on the Twitter spaces and I can't wait for Twitter to give me Twitter spaces because I'm definitely going to take advantage of that because we off that clubhouse shit we've been off that clubhouse shit for a minute so I can't wait till I get spaces on Twitter so anyone that's that's at Twitter, if you're listening to this, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get that. I'm trying to get that spaces. Um, so dude goes on spaces and airs the whole shit out. Right. And who slides up into the Twitter space <laughs> to get the details? Fucking Kevin Durant, man. <laughs> KD pulls up to get the tea and uh, they're running down the story to KD. And KD sounded so, I mean, I think the tweet said KD was disgusted. I I can't think of a better word. Like, you could hear, you could hear it in his voice. He was just amazed at the whole thing. Like, yo, how you still getting catfished in 2021? And that's real shit. How you still getting catfished in 2021? 2021? Like, yeah, 2015, 2013, you could kind of still get that off. 2017, maybe you could get that off, but not no 2021, man. There's too many video services. There's too many video chat services. But bruh, KD slid up in that Twitter spaces, man, and that just was like, I man, enough is enough. (laughs) This story has taken way too many twisted turns. So, this account is fake, right? The, the, The Vivian account, the Laker Twitter fangirl, that account is fake. That account is also now gone. But the last tweet before the account got deleted was an alleged video of the alleged Vivian holding up a paper that had Vivian misspelled. (laughs) So Vivian allegedly, this alleged Vivian was trying to prove, hey, I am a woman. Hey, this is what I really look like. And it was a woman that kind of looked like the woman in the photos, but not really. And then she's holding up her at her handle and the handle was misspelled. <laughs> you can't make this shit up, man. You can't make this shit up. Yo, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. So all that has happened within the last oof, 48 hours. There's been a lot of Investigations and there's more. I'm sure there's even more layers as I as I'm recording this, but I've that story was just too much. It was too much. And I needed the room and the space to really lay all of this out. So yeah, that I think that's where we're going <laughs> to imagine doing a But look, I consider this doing a pod with myself because I'm by myself and I'm talking into a mic. I can't imagine doing this pod. Having my point of view, stopping the record, changing the pitch of my voice, and then acting like I'm reacting to what I just said. Like, you know, the work, (laughs) like doing this dolo alone is already a lot of fucking work, B. (laughs) Can you imagine the work to then have to act like I'm a guest on my own pod? Yikes. What a fucking place. What a world we're in. What the fuck? <laughs> oh man! Hey, the Ringer's hiring, so maybe he'll get a deal over there. I mean, with all that all that work he put in, I mean, Bill Simmons got to be beating down his door, right? Like, there's nothing, there's nothing open mic, there's nothing open mic night about that. Doing a pod with yourself and then re-recording yourself, responding to yourself. I mean, the Ringer's got to be next. He's got to be going straight to the Ringer. You know what it is. I appreciate y'all for listening. Hit up that podcast voicemail, 347-871-1044. Again, that number. Podcast voicemail. Chime in. Give us a feedback. I'll play it here on the pod and we can go back and forth. 347-871-1044. SamD.com is the website. Hey, Mark Cuban, stop bitching about the seven seed. Stop bitching about the playing. You was all about the playing last year because that's how your team got in. Now you're mad about the playing this year. Can't have it both ways, homie. Anyway, Uh, If you haven't already, refresh your podcast feed. You will see an additional episode. It's bonus content. Uh, I hopped on with the homies for about a little bit over half an hour. We talked about the verses last night. The verses with Redman versus Method Man. That wasn't really a verses but it's under verses so we did a recap on it. You know, I love music. If you haven't really realized that here with some of the references that I make and some of the lines that I quote here oftentimes. Uh, But yeah, I love music so I'm going to be able to have a chance to talk about that and Kind of spread into some other things in regards to future versus battles and things like that. So check that out if you have a chance about this content. Chopping up with some of the homies, some of the homies from the uh, Eastern and Western Conference preview roundtable that I did. So looking to do more things like that, uh, expand this brand. That's why it's the CMD podcast, not pick and pop. Nothing wrong with pick and pop, long live pick and pop, but the CMD would kind of branch it off into literally any and everything that I want to talk about. So we're going to branch off into different topics, different modes and. That's how I want to keep it, because that's how I keep it off mic. So we want to keep that same energy on mic that we're keeping off mic. Appreciate y'all for listening. The Sam D Podcast. I'm out.